we get the opportunity to talk with the hardest working man in media, Brian Kilmeade, New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends on Fox News, nationally syndicated radio talk show host who you could hear on WABC every day at uh, 10. Uh, and last night ended up uh, filling in for, for Tucker Carlson on uh, the most watched cable news show in prime time. Brian, I say this every week. I'm in awe of your schedule. I don't know how you do it all. Well, I was off a couple of days, and then when all hell broke loose on Monday, um, I was away. I tried to do the re- tried to get the radio show going, but then I thought, okay, let's just take an extra day. And then I'm hosting for Tucker Wednesday, Thursday. We got One Nation on Saturday, and then you know, just when you think, when they always tell us, Frank, well, in August things get really slow, <laughs> and everything's kind of slow till Labor Day. That's on some other era, not this era. I mean, look what happened on Monday. Look what happens on da- on a daily basis. The president's press conferences, the legislation is going to be jammed down our throat tomorrow. Three hundred sixty nine billion dollars worth of uh, new Green Deal. I mean, it's not an inflation. It's not about attacking inflation. What the president ridiculously said is zero. It is about getting us to have electric cars that we can't afford, uh, that aren't ready uh, for electric grid that can't handle it. Well, and middle-class Americans, they're going to be targeted by the IRS. That's what happens tomorrow. We, You and I cannot take a day off. The, uh, I'll tell you, that is for sure. The, the news cycle never stops. All right, let's begin with this uh, Mar-a-Lago raid. There's been a lot of reaction to it from uh, from all quarters, and uh, a, a lot of folks are saying that uh, maybe the administration, uh, the Justice Department, the FBI may have overreached here, and this could lead to some political backlash which could actually be pretty beneficial to President Trump. How do you see this raid? Right now, it's definitely helping him. Uh, right now, I don't know what they took and what their intent was. I talked to Eric last, Eric Trump last night, and he said, "We have not seen the affidavit. We have not seen the warrant. We do not know what they took." And I did speak to him Monday night, and I was able to tweet some things out. And he said, uh, "You know, they went in the safe because Brian, there's nothing in the safe." They told us to shut off surveillance cameras. We didn't shut off surveillance cameras. We watched them for nine hours. So, uh, you know, we, we, they cut off a lock, and they took what was in there. They told us to put a lock in there. We told them we had documents that we were going to keep for our records. They said, well, it's our records. They said, well, let's debate that. Now, I did not know this, but Barack Obama's got 30,000 uh, documents that it's under dispute with the National Archives. He's like, well, you know, I'm going to digitize him, give it back when my library opens. His library has not opened yet. It's been five years. So, you know, they have a whole bunch of documents. like, listen, you could take some of these back. The other ones I'd like to hold on to. So they talk as late as June. Six weeks later, they've got to get in there. Newsweek's reporting that they had an informant say, go to X, Y, and Z place. That was his office, Melania's closet, this storage unit. They told them to lock it up. So they go, okay, I'll lock it up. They put a padlock on it. In come the FBI. They cut the lock. What was the point of that? I mean, what is the point? Now today in the New York Post, they report they wanted Donald Trump out of there to keep this thing low profile. Are they idiots? You're going into a former president's resort, residence, and you think it's going to be low profile? You wait for him to go to New Jersey and you break in there? Unbelievable. And uh, the Trump campaign, uh, or the pre-campaign, I guess, is making hay out of this. They've released a campaign-style video. They're raising money like crazy. All of the other potential presidential candidates, by and large, have lined up behind Trump in opposition to what the FBI and the DOJ has done, have done here. 
you think this is in some ways the the best day for uh, Trump's pre-presidency of late? Yeah. And, you know, they, you know, they say they, they tried. And I, I watched the other channels, too, just to get ready for Tucker to find out what that, you know, what they were saying. And their big push, by the way, if you're flipping channels, and I don't want you to, uh, or listen to other stations and, right. uh, other than WABC, and I don't want you to. They, wanted to. they want us to stop saying raid. Really? You want us to? It's a raid. Stephen Colbert used the word raid. I mean, you use the word raid. Newsweek used the word raid. Politico says it's a raid. Like, listen, guys, it's not a raid. Uh, they went in there and they just grabbed out. Excuse me. They raided your house for nine hours. They burst in the door. There's nobody there. They stayed for nine hours. They told the lawyer to sit inside. Don't follow him into this room. That's a raid. Armed guards on the outside. That is a raid. Not telling the Miami Bureau that you're coming in to Palm Beach. That is insane. To me, I'm not an FBI agent. Okay, why are you so secret to the own, your own FBI agents? That's a raid. This Bruce Reinhardt, the judge that signed off on it, does not like Trump. He 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 rants against Trump as early as uh, his conflict with John Lewis years ago, and you know he comes out against Republicans. And this guy should have recused himself immediately and say, listen. He could, uh, I shouldn't really do this because it's going to bring up a whole thing in my past. I defended Jeffrey Epstein. I defended all the people uh, involved with that. So you probably don't want me there. Instead, he signs off on it proudly. And now people are looking into him, and I'm sure he does not want this scrutiny. Well, he, yeah, he was a, uh, a Jeb Bush donor as well. But uh, obviously the Jeb Bush supporters are not exactly uh, Trump fans generally. But uh, if 30 FBI agents spent nearly 10 hours scouring through your house with no apparent limitation, I'm not sure what you could call it other than uh, other than a raid, even if you're being as uh, polite as uh, as possible. Hey, uh, one thing that came out yesterday, you have sort of been one of the early people saying that you think it's likely – that, um, you know, that Glenn Youngkin may be a presidential candidate in 2024. You think it's likely that Ron DeSantis may be a presidential candidate in 2024. Now, Axios is reporting that the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, that his political operation is making pretty significant moves towards a potential White House run. Now, this would um, test a lot of where the GOP is these days because Suarez has publicly criticized both former President Trump and Governor DeSantis, but he's considered a rising political star in the GOP, particularly because of the growing Hispanic influence within the GOP. Where do you think a Suarez candidacy would go in 2024? I'm not sure how far, but I know he's extremely talented. I did a thing on Little Havana, which is the most successful immigration movement by any group since the Pilgrims, uh, and they are just a force in Florida. And Cubans, for the most part, when they come here, they're there to work. They're industrious. They're well-educated. Uh, they love being in this country. My hope is Venezuelans will feel the same way because they lost all their rights, too. And uh, he's an extremely impressive guy. And when his main clash with DeSantis was on COVID, he thought DeSantis opened up too quick. I, I think DeSantis was right. The one thing, uh, and I do think he'd, he'd be a legitimate candidate, but I don't think he's ready for president yet. But one thing he would do, like Yunkin, he's got no hooks to Trump. He knows owes nothing to Trump. He's not against him. He's similar to him, uh, but he's not against Trump. So like Yunkin, not against Trump. They work together in this China deal, but not owed to Trump. I, I don't see DeSantis running if Trump runs unless 
Trump is so embroiled in litigation and uh, whether the, the courts are going to decide whether he's eligible to run, if he's indicted, or things like that. If he, it becomes so sullied and confusing, then Trump and DeSantis will go, you know, I hate to do this, but i got to run. Uh, even though he knows it's his time, but if Trump doesn't move over, uh, I don't know how he wins because – if DeSantis does emerge, Trump world will be so divided he has no shot to win the general. Where if Yunkin wins, he could run on the America First policies, be a business person, win in a purple state, and you could see him sincerely saying, hey, Trump people, I have nothing against you. I just think I'm, I'm a better guy for this right now, and I'm younger. And I've only got one term in Virginia, some weird thing. They don't let these guys and these women run twice. So he doesn't have to say, well, do your job. Well, I'm doing my job, but I'll be two years in, two, two, and then two years left. Why wouldn't I run for president? So I think Yunkin's got a big war chest, and I heard big donors are around him. Christie will run if Trump runs. I, I don't know if he has the traction yet, but I will say he's a, a great communicator with a big, rich background. I, I will see if he can reclaim some of his momentum that he had a, a few years ago. And, you know, I'm not sure who else gets out there. I mean, they they talk about uh, the governor of Arkansas. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't have a Nash. He's a nice man. He doesn't have a national figure. And being anti-Trump might give Hogan feeling that he could run. But look at what's got to Liz. He'll run, get as many votes as Liz Cheney. Liz yeah. Cheney might run, but well, what's no, Liz Cheney uh, going to get? Uh, she's got a lot of money that she hasn't spent on her own re-election, so a lot of folks are speculating about that very thing. By the way, if people just tuning in, we're talking with Brian Kilmeade. Uh, you can see Brian in, live in the flesh August 27th in Newark, New Jersey. Oh, I, I do have some news. Oh, let's see. Uh, we, we pushed that to December 2nd. Oh, uh, So I have great. my paperback coming out, and I thought it would be better. So I'm uh, being at the end of the summer. So uh, that'll be December 2nd. If you go to BrianKillMe.com, if, if you fly all the way up to Albany, I'll, I'll see you September 8th. Uh, see, but, that, that's, uh, it's good for everybody because you were competing with a Sid Rosenberg event in Brooklyn that day for his book. So now our audience can attend both. Your event I on did December not know 2nd. that. Right, well, see, that, 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 I was very divided. I was going to have to go do the Brooklyn to Newark, uh, Newark shuffle. Uh, Brian, so that's great. But people, there's more information at BrianKilmead.com. People could check that out. Brian, I don't want to get you in trouble here. This might be a little bit of a controversial question, but there's been a lot written about the um, the various Murdoch media publications and how they're covering Trump. There's speculation that uh, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, maybe even Fox might be cooling on Donald Trump. I, I know you work there, and I wouldn't be that comfortable with people asking me questions about what goes on behind the scenes here. But are you seeing that at all? Are you seeing any sort of pressure from uh, on high to be more critical of Trump than what Fox has done in the past? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, that stuff makes me laugh out loud because they don't have any sources. It sounds like they're talking to people that were fired or quit here, and they go, let me tell you about Fox. I, I watch people try to get ratings by saying, let me just tell you what really goes on at Fox. This is the most diffuse management structure we've ever seen. For example, I'm doing One Nation at 8 o'clock. It's uh, at 8 o'clock on Saturdays. Saturdays. Right. Has anyone on the second floor talked to me or my executive producers about what's in that show? No. The only thing they'll bring up uh, they'll look at my rundown and ask me certain things, and they'll say, oh, I, you know, that guy's been on four or five times. You might want to get – you might not want to use Jonathan Turley this week. You might not want to use Andy McCarthy. They've been on all over and that type of thing. But uh, I do Fox and Friends. I talk to the executive producer all day back and forth. There's been no mandate there. I just did Tucker last night. 
if you watch that show, please show me the anti-Trump rhetoric in that or the pro-Trump rhetoric in that. You just if anyone listening on the outside wants to know what goes on at Fox, think of it as every show's its own franchise, mm. supervised loosely, but what it takes to make it in that market, whether you're a Applebee's or not, Applebee's in Seattle might make it a bit have a different uh, game plan than Applebee's in Brooklyn. And that's what it is. It's I'm empowering my producers, most of which started as public production assistants. They work their way up here. Most people have been here 10, 15, 20 years. You work your way up on sure merit. And then when you, you get your judgment trusted and tested, but there's no mandate ever. There's no mandate. I don't know what the New York Post is doing. I know I love having a lot of their writers on. John Levine was on yesterday. Miranda Devine's going to be on. You know, she's been leading the charge on what's going on inside Trump team. Please look at the Miranda Devine columns and tell me the anti-Trump or pro-Trump rhetoric. She's doing reporting. So uh, I, I, I laugh when people say there's these mandates. The, uh, and what I see, no one's briefed me, but the Murdoch school of thought is, Hire great people. Have them work hard. When it's up for their contract to be renewed, I'll renew them if I like what he or her are doing. And that's it. And for the most part, they give you the opportunity to work hard and do well. And and that's really the story. And I've been here since 90 – I started filling in in 96, got a contract in 97. No, Not one contract that I take for granted. And if I walk around this building – Finally, there's people back. That's pretty much the same thing. It's, mm. You have an opportunity to work hard here, but do not think anyone's pulling anybody's strings. It's just not the case. I, I caught your interview with uh, Senator Tim Scott yesterday when he was on talking about his book, and uh, definitely Tim Scott is offering a much more optimistic view of America than some folks um, on both the left and the right are right now. And I'm curious, do you think that more optimistic view of how great America is rather than how much America is crummy, do you think that could be a a potent message for the GOP if they were to adopt that as a party? Especially as a black man who grew up in abject poverty when his family divorced, his dad was in the military, his dad went and did his own thing, and his mom had to go live with their grandmother, and I walked the streets in these shacks that they lived in, and they went from a pretty decent life to as low income as you can imagine, and he watches his mom work hard, his grandfather and uh, grandmother work hard, and then his brother becomes a, a military officer, and Tim Scott becomes a successful businessman who transitions from local politics to national politics, and that's his, that's his story. I asked him, I was walking in South Carolina, and I'm down, I know it's a famous road and I should know it, but just picture the Broadway Main Street of, of uh, New York City. And we're walking on this road, and I go, what was it like growing up here? And he left. He goes, Brian, uh, black people didn't come here. And I go, why? He goes, we just didn't. No one said, don't come. You know, he's, he's my age, born in 64, 63, he's a little older. And, and he said, we just didn't think of it. We just did our own thing. But as I'm walking down the block, people are going, hey, Senator, what's going on? Now, one black person was a, a white person that I didn't even notice. They were just like yelling, uh, happy they were to see him. And he goes, that was then. Look at the progress we made. Look at where I was. Look at where I am. What if the country can be like that? Mm. The country needs a TED Talk. You, you know, you could look it up every, every day and go, well, you know, why is this? Why that? And then you could take a step back and go, look how far we've come. Look how much better off we are. And get this. I want the next politician to say there is glory in working hard. I don't care if you're working for the county, the city, the state, if you're an accountant or if you're working in sanitation or you're a cop. 
Work hard. Feel great about yourself at the end of the week. We got to get back to working hard. Only six out of ten of us listening right now have a job. I mean, we got to start outworking people again. It doesn't mean going to graduate school. It means getting a job, mm. jumping into it, being the best waiter, being the best manager, and, and just outworking people. That brings the tax revenue in. It gives you more opportunity. You you go buy another house. It helps that real estate agent. And we grow. And don't be embarrassed about profits. Go at it. You know, instead, I'm hearing about IRS agents, 87,000 more, and they're doubling the number, and they're coming after you. Uh, I would not uh, – I think a politician can take this, uh, this dirty diamond, clean it up, prop it up, and, and just uh, make sure the rest of the world knows we're still there. Brian, I'm not hearing that. Uh, on that note, uh, i got to run. It's always a treat talking to you every week. I appreciate you, as busy as you are, making time for our audience. We'll see you on Fox and Friends. We'll be listening this, this morning. And, uh, and then see you again, filling in for Tucker tonight. Yep. Uh, congratulations to all your success, Frank. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Brian. Brian, kill me.